Hello and thanks for joining us for the November 2016 episode of the Poverty Research and Policy Podcast from the Institute for Research on Poverty at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I'm Dave Chancellor. This episode features Lorenzo Omada, who's a postdoctoral research scientist at Columbia University's Population Research Center. He came to IRP last spring as a visiting scholar sponsored by the Ridge Center for National Food and Nutrition Assistance Research, and for this podcast, we're going to be talking about work he did measuring the effects of SNAP, or food stamps, on obesity. For Almada, this was an especially interesting question, in part because obesity affects so many Americans, but we know that there's a higher prevalence of obesity among lower-income Americans. Although it appears that there's a connection between obesity and lack of resources, Almada says it's not clear what's driving that relationship. It's obviously a very complicated situation, but is it the kinds of foods? Is it the the lack of resources to buy better foods? The availability, right? So a lot of issues with food deserts where maybe you can't find healthy options. And so a lot of that was uh, has been interesting to me, and that's sort of what I've been focusing. But in terms of... Um, in terms of actually caring about obesity, I mean, it's one of those things where I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get too personal, but uh, uh, you know, it, it's certain aspects of it has inflicted my own family, and has led to to bad outcomes, right? You can think about diabetes and cancer and things like that, and so it it got to a certain point where it was it was sort of like a personal thing where uh, it, I've I've had experiences, not my own, but family members who have been stricken with illnesses related to obesity, and so I. It, it became sort of a, a passion of mine to try to understand it better and find ways to prevent it. When we're thinking about obesity in the context of poverty or food insecurity, there's a lot of interest in trying to understand how government programs might influence obesity. And in this case, looking at the SNAP program, Almada says you can imagine a number of scenarios in which receiving benefits might either increase or decrease someone's likelihood of being obese. The, the effects of food stamp benefits on obesity aren't that clear exactly. The economic theory, anyway, says that it's, it's rather ambiguous because you can, you can see that even, even if you think receiving food stamp benefits increases your food expenditure, it's not exactly clear what spending more on food, how it could affect your, your weight, right? You could think about buying uh, healthier, more expensive food, right? So a lot of, a lot of people argue that the more nutrient-dense, the better quality foods tend to be more expensive than these high-calorie, low-nutrient-dense, cheap foods, right? You can think of soda and other things that are high in calorie and don't have a lot of nutritious value, and those tend to be cheaper, right? So spending more on food doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to gain weight, right? But the same the same story can be told with non-food items, right? So if you if you think about economic theory saying like, okay, you're gonna spend either more on food or more on non-food items, the non-food items can go the same way too, right? You can think about spending uh, your additional uh, money on joining a gym, uh, anything that makes you healthier, helps you lose weight, or you can think about maybe you're gonna get a TV or something and just sit down and, and live a more sedentary life and and that can lead to weight gain. So the, it's 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 unclear. And that, and that was that was sort of uh, the first step in all of this when I was first thinking about this study. I was thinking like, oh, maybe I, I can definitely make some theoretical predictions about what's going to happen with uh, additional food stamps or joining the food stamp program and how it's going to impact obesity. But then when I realized that even that is unclear, then I was like, okay, this is definitely an empirical work. I need to get data and I need to see what's going on. 
But Omada says it can be tricky to study how a program affects obesity because of selection issues, which is a way of saying that people who sign up for a program might be different from people who are ineligible or don't sign up for a program. If you don't account for that selection, then you're going to be finding findings that aren't reflecting the reality, that aren't reflecting the cause effect of the program. And so if you're trying to see how a food assistance program like the food stamp program, how it impacts uh, food insecurity, well, it's, it's, it's fairly obvious that more food insecure individuals are going to join the program. So if you're not careful about it, what you're going to pick up, if you just look at the data blindly, is that more uh, that people who participate in food stamp program are food insecure. And so you can think about the same thing with obesity, where uh, lots of studies have shown that uh, people who participate in the food stamp program tend to be less healthy than people who don't. And so if you blindly look at this data, and by, by less healthy, I mean, you know, they could have a higher uh, propensity for being obese. And then if you blindly look at the data, you'll think, oh, you know, food stamps is causing obesity because we see these high correlations. And so uh, I think studies need to be very careful, and I try to be very careful in my own work about addressing that causality to make sure that we're actually um, finding the true effects and not just observing these correlations. Amada says that an initial way to get around this problem of selection would be to look at how different levels of food stamp benefits impact adult obesity, but he explains that even then there could be differences between the groups you're comparing that wouldn't be due to the change in the size of the benefit itself. If you think about it, the, the way benefits are determined, they're determined by household size and uh, your household income, right? So if you try to see variations in those benefits, right, like differences in benefits among households, they're probably likely to, they're, they're going to be a result of either changes in income or changes, changes in household size. And so you don't want to necessarily, uh, tr you don't want to identify the effects based on those changes because other, you know, let's say, for example, your income goes up that means your benefits will go down. So there, the income increasing for that person could also affect weight. So what, what, what I was trying to do is find a way to examine changes that aren't affected by changes in income or household size. And so the way to do that was to look at uh, food stamp participating households who also had children who, once they became school age eligible, they'd be eligible for other assistance programs, uh, specifically the, the school breakfast program and the national school lunch program. And so the idea here is that now these households have essentially a reduction in expenditure on these foods because the children are now receiving these uh, free in-school meals. And so that increases the, the food stamp benefit per capita available in these households. So this is a sort of a way to, to look at, um, at changes in the amount of benefits that isn't correlated or isn't related to changes in the household size or changes in the amount of income that the household is receiving. So to look at this, Elmada and his co-author, Rusty Chernus of Georgia State University, used data from the 1979 cohort of the National Longitudinal Survey of Youth, or NLSY, which tracks about 12,000 nationally representative men and women through interviews. They were first interviewed in 1979, and they were followed for almost every year until 1994, and then every two years after. 
And so this is a great data set to use for this kind of study because it's a panel where they're observed multiple years over time. And so we can see changes in, in the household composition, right? Changes in the share of children, change the, the number and the share of children in these households um, moving in and out of school. And we can also obviously see changes in obesity rates, uh, changes in BMI. With all of this information, they were then able to see how what amounted to additional benefits per person in a household once children entered school affected adult obesity. We see a reduction in the both the BMI and the probability of being obese for the adults in these households. And so we're trying to understand the mechanisms a little bit more, but what we think is going on is that additional benefits um, might be helping smooth the consumption for these disadvantaged households across the month. It could allow for purchases of better meals, better, better quality food that doesn't necessarily increase weight and might even help reduce weight. While the data they use doesn't quite clear up questions about the mechanisms behind their findings, when it comes to public policy, it does suggest that more money and more resources can make a difference when it comes to obesity in low-income adults. I think it's important to at least understand the, the gap that families might be facing when they don't have access to meals, especially for the children, right? If they don't have access to meals during summer months, um, I know there's there's been a big push. I know the USDA is working on a lot of pilot programs to either provide summer meals for low-income families. You can think about a summer meal program, or there's a, a benefit transfer program that's being um, studied right now where uh, food stamp recipients can receive additional benefits during the summer months if, if they're families with children. And so I think this, in a lot of ways, if you think about the policy implications, it's to make sure that families have uh, enough money to not only buy food, but hopefully to buy healthy foods, to buy foods that are nutritious in value and, and that, that can help live a, a long and healthy life. Many thanks to Lorenzo Almada for taking the time to share his work with us. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out Almada and Chernus's September 2016 NBER working paper, number 22861, which is titled Measuring Effects of SNAP on Obesity at the Intensive Margin. This podcast was supported as part of a grant from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Office of the Assistant Secretary for Planning and Evaluation, but its content should not be construed as representing the opinions or policy of that office or any other agency of the federal government or the Institute for Research and Poverty. Thanks for listening. To catch new episodes of the Poverty Research and Policy Podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. You can also find all of our past episodes on the Institute for Research and Poverty website. Mm-hmm.